A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And welcome to Irregular Bitches, the podcast for women in midlife navigating their way through waxing waistlines and waning hormones. And it's also an amazing resource for the men who are struggling along beside them, desperately trying not to say the wrong thing. We're fine, okay? <laughs> I'm Sarah Kaywood, 48 years old and getting better with every passing year, like a good blue cheese. And the aged fine wine to go with it is my Lulu Mitchell, who is medium bodied, typically zesty, and goes down easily. Oh, I say, <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> I can't believe I'm, ro- I'm, I'm laughing at my own gag, but it is genius. <laughs> As I wrote it, I was like, I'm so fucking clever. <laughs> I should be writing a sitcom. We're really excited to have a fantastic partnership with Yoppy on this season of Irregular Bitches. Irregular. Bitches. Okay, Sarah. I don't know about you, but I don't feel great about the fact that I've been using products that have been treated with bleach up my vagina. No, thank you. We're very excited about being able to partner up with Yopi, a period care company who don't expect us to compromise on our values. So that means all their tampons, pads, liners and PMS supplements are made with high quality, environmentally friendly ingredients and materials. So this makes them, wait for it, we've got a list, plastic free, cruelty free and vegan. Go Yoppy! <laughs> All you have to do is answer a simple quiz and Yoppy will formulate the perfect package of period care and PMS supplements because let's face it, Lou, one size does not fit all. It certainly doesn't. And you know what? You can earn rewards if you refer your friends. Thank you, Yoppy. They are just the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> so please head over to yoppy.com slash irregular bitches. That's Y-O-P-P-I-E dot com slash Irregular Bitches to get 50% off your first two orders when you sign up for a subscription to any product. And shipping is free. Bargain. Irregular. Bitches. Fabulous. That was just a little bit about Yoppy, our amazing partners for this season of the podcast. How are you, Lou? Yeah, no, I'm good, thank you. Good week. Uh, weather's getting better. I always respond really well to that. And yeah, yeah I'm starting to think about some of the changes that I'm going to make. So our guest today is going to be very helpful in that department. How about you? Oh, I'm awesome. Good girl. Start me coaching with the please don't hate on me. I hate I hate people like me. Please don't hate <laughs> me for being awesome. Um, no, I did my first coaching session with Katie today, with Katie Hill. And that was amazing. And I had a few drinks with my husband last night and I felt really guilty about it I was like oh I didn't you know that I mean I ran 10k yesterday morning but I was like that means I'm not going to get up early it means I'm probably going to eat badly but and but Katie said reframe it she said that was you time don't give us she said if you do it every day fair enough it's a problem she was like when was the last time you sat up and drank with Andy and had a really nice chat with him and it was weeks ago it was like a date night there we go but in other news Lou this is quite funny go on my Botox is not is it's she's brilliant my Emma I'm not casting aspersions in any way but she's I've got to go back because one eyebrow is stronger than the other who knew stronger so now obviously this is a podcast i realize this is lost on everybody listening but if i raise both eyebrows look what happens i'll tell you what i'm going to take a photograph and we'll put it on instagram when the episode goes yeah, out ready so let me shall i look in my camera i'm going to raise both eyebrows yes. as high as i can do them one two three yes go <laughs> and one is like half an inch higher than the other yes, one. It <laughs> so yes, it is. So I've got to I've got to go back to Emma tomorrow because she's got to bring that <laughs> sucker down. <laughs> and what did you think of Davina? Because that was on last of week. Of course. Well, you know, it's funny. My instinct initially was to go, this is our area. What are you doing? <laughs> and then I was like... Territorial. Exactly. It was like I was, you know, pissing everywhere, marking my territory. I mean, the menopause happens to every single woman that's ever born. So right. uh, I don't know what I was... Uh, then I obviously reframed that into, thank God she's joined the conversation because she has such a huge reach. I think thank she did a great job. Yeah, she did yeah. do a great job. She's very human and very likeable anyway. So it, it was fantastic. And... Um, and 
if you ha- are listening to the podcast after coming from um, Davina's documentary, then we hope you find everything that you want here. We've got all the experts. We've got all the information you need. But we also like to have a lot of fun too. And we also like hearing from people. So mm-hmm. you can, uh, we've got an email address, which is irregularbs, can't remember it. Irregular BS, BS at baby. Gmail. No, it's irregular oh, B. Oh, hang. Should I? <laughs> wait, wait there, Lou. You do it. Our, get it up. <laughs> our email, should you want to get in touch, ladies, is irregularbsbaby at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram, aren't we, Sarah? The Irregular Bitches. So happily slide into our DMs. We respond mm-hmm. to as many people as we can. And we have a Facebook page, Irregular Bitches. So if you go to that, they haven't taken us off yet. Not yet. But, um, but the bitches is a problem. So I think we're going to have to turn the I into a one and the E into a three and they should let us stay. Yeah. Our guest today is Amanda Thebe, a personal trainer of 30 years standing who realised women were being blindsided by the menopause and its onslaught of unpleasant signals and there were no resources around to help them. So she decided to do something about it. And the result is her book, Menopocalypse, How I Learned to Thrive During the Menopause and How You Can Too. Amanda, thank you. Thank you, thank you for writing that book. It's amazing. And also for being a guest on Irregular Bitches. I love the name. And can I just say, Sarah, how many times did you have to practice saying that? Because I know you were struggling with menopocalypse. I had to. Yeah. So I'm guessing that you practiced. Yeah, it rolls off now, doesn't it? Menopocalypse. It it's did. Phonetic. It really did. I love it. I keep saying, it's like, I think it's like the easiest word in the world to say. But I've been practicing for the zombie apocalypse for decades. So I think that the word just came easy to me. Some people can't say apocalypse though, can they? <laughs> nah. And, but, and we're in the, well, we've just coming out the other side of the zombie apocalypse, aren't we? Just about. Exactly. <laughs> um, Amanda, so firstly, how did you come about, why did you decide to write the book? I mean, what's basically, what's your background leading up to this menopocalyptic moment? Yeah. So yeah, you were right in saying that I'm a personal trainer and a nutritionist as well. And I actually did all of my qualifications in the UK before I left. I've been in North America now for 20 years. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. when you're a trainer and a nutrition coach, continuing ed is like one of the things that you're encouraged to do. So lots of trainers have subspecialties like pelvic health awareness and post pre and postnatal, that type of thing. And then you've got like senior and rehab and all these different types of fitness modalities. And there's like this huge gaping gap in the middle about menopause. And so when I went through it and I was literally hit with the like wrecking ball, mm-hmm. I had no idea what was going on. I really struggled. I struggled for a lot of years, even with good medical help in Canada, where I was at the time. I could tell that the medical community was desperate to help me. I had good healthcare and I had a neurologist, ear, nose and throat doctor. You know, there was loads of them in my team. Not one of them recognized that the symptoms I was struggling with, which were migraines and vertigo, sickness, depression, none of those were connected to perimenopause and it sort of just happened by chance I was at my gynecologist two or three years into this and he said oh these are like regular symptoms I can help you these are valid and I'm like what what the fuck are you talking about essentially after three years of suffering three years yeah and you know the symptoms were horrible but so was the emotional and mental health impact it had on me and my family and my children and my friends like I'm pretty loud and outgoing. You guys have realized that by now, but I just became a shell of myself. I didn't Mm. recognize myself. We hear this all the time from women, don't we? I mean, this is not the first time you've heard this, right? Right. And I just was annoyed. I was really angry. I just was like, why is this like something when we're not being told about? And I mean, this is nine years ago now, and I know that the conversation shifted. So I wrote this book and um, that was the whole point. I wanted to talk about what menopause is, my story, you know, what the, it's heavily researched, what the research shows us about why our body changes shape, why we have particular symptoms. And then the second part of the book is like what things you can do to like take control of your health. And lifestyle impacts are super, super important when it comes to menopause, but just to aging in general. And I sort of It's interesting that we're having this conversation now because it's following the week of the menopause documentary that was on. 
which I loved. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh my God, look at the UK like being badass. That was one of my questions, actually, what you thought. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved the fact that, you know, they've got anytime there's a celebrity involved, it just raises the stakes. And that's exactly. good. Right. So we, we've got people mm-hmm. who are prominent in the media talking about it. So that's not a bad thing. Mm. I think what Kate Muir did, like pulling this together in 18 mm-hmm. months, was amazing. I think she might be the unsung hero of this. Mm. Mm-hmm. I thought two things. One, there was some people that were notably missing and I was disappointed in. I understand that things get edited. People like Diane Danzebrink, who is basically the unsung hero of the menopause movement. She started Make Menopause Matter in the UK and she's the one that got the MPs to start talking about it. She's the one that got it in the school curriculum. She's the one that got workplace menopause discussed. So she's... I've not even heard her name. Right, well... Isn't that awful? We should try and get her on. come on. She sounds like an irregular bitch. She's brilliant. And her story is, you know, she almost committed suicide. She was driving the car ready to finish her life (gasps) and it was following um surgical menopause so you know it was a big impact for her and and her dogs barked and it snapped her out of it and she said i have to help other women and so just to finish that question she there were some notable people missing in my opinion but then in addition to that and maybe this was time constraints i felt like it was very heavy on the hrt as being the solution Mm. and part of me was a bit disappointed that there wasn't more about other options yeah sorry to interrupt amanda that was on people were sliding into my dms and saying that and i was on twitter while the documentary was on and there were loads of women moaning saying this is like an advert for hrt and not every woman wants to take hrt and we have discussed hrt on this podcast at length haven't we lou i am on hrt Louise is not. I'd want to go and get some more tests done and see if I'm on the right HRT because now I realise on our irregular bitches journey that I could be on completely the wrong sort of drugs. I might have the wrong sort of hormone deficiency. I might be different to what they've given me HRT for. But also some people actively can't take it if they're post breast cancer treatment or any of that stuff. So just saying, here's HRT, you'll be fine now is... Not okay, really. There's That's got too to simplistic, be, isn't it? Yeah, there's got to be a wealth of resources for women to be able to go. There's barriers as well from cost as well. Absolutely. That's the, that's the other low-income cost aspect because yep. the lack of GP training, which I know the menopause charity are trying to change, it mm. relies on women being able to go private. And a lot of that's not an option to many women. So as well as that barrier and, and not being able to, like I'm an example of somebody who has actively tried <laughs> for years and it, I just feel like shit on it. I don't respond well to it. And I'm literally like clawing that patch off me because I, I don't recognize myself. And my husband's the one who says, stop it because you're starting mm. to go down that well of despair again. And that's not an unusual reaction. Like, reaction yeah. Sorry, I should say. So I think that it wasn't a whole picture of of what menopause can be like. And I think there was a lot of people that felt excluded. But in defense of like Kate Muir who did it, I think that it was just maybe there needs to be a part two and she only had so many hours in a day. It's a brilliant start and Mm, it has been received really well over here. Yeah, and and bravo Davina as well. But actually, we're very lucky because, um, Amanda, obviously you've not been here for a long time, but, you know, there are some really fabulously sexy women that are, are completely open about. I mean, we've had a lot of them are on on the show. We've had Tamsin Althway on, we've had Lisa Snowden. Uh, You know, because you touched on this earlier at the the top, you know, I I stopped feeling like myself. And and I said to Lou, the reason we bonded was because I I sort of said to her, I feel feel like I'm I'm invisible now. I'm just mummy. I'm just, you know, my spark's gone. And my response was, I'm not having that. I'm not having you feeling like you're invisible. That's that's well, awful. I think women in their 40s generally do, but I really feel like there's a huge sea change happening. Like that that we can still we can be fucking fabulous in our 50s. Do you know what I mean? And that's what we're here. Well, to and change. I'm really interested from um, Amanda's point of view. So obviously, HRT is not something that you responded well to. So where did you go from there? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I just want to just touch on. Sarah's point there is I think a lot of women, one of the first things that happens to them 
is the um, the neurological sort of side of it, the emotional health as well. So it may start struggling with depression and anxiety or mm. just loss of one's self-esteem and all of those things directly mm. responsible, um, de- are in a direct response, sorry, to declining estrogen. And so they'll often go to the doctors and, you know, whatever, be given incorrect um, medication. But it's just like I was there too. And I'd, I've had like a really shitty life. <laughs> things have happened to me in my life. And I'm like, mm. how is it I was? never depressed during those but all of a sudden I've got the best life ever like I have the Mm. best husband two great kids and I have a really good career and I'm miserable like so I think Mm. that that's a really important conversation to have like not recognizing yourself feeling invisible what did I do I mean Mm. yeah like I did try on and off the hormone therapy but you know I just realized that I I'd let things go I'd let things go because I wasn't in a position to be able to keep on top of exercising and eating well and our stress response changes through menopause as well because we know that estrogen is intrinsically connected with our cortisol response there's a a direct connection and so you Mm. read in my book I had like head spinning wild banshee Mm. moments I even ruined Christmas day once I said you know fuck you all I hate you all I'm taking all the presents back sounds very familiar (laughs) (laughs) yeah doesn't it but also you're, you're lucky if you are so lucky and Lou is one of these lucky few. If somebody turns around and says, she's menopausal, give her a break. They don't. Mm. They go, she's a fucking maniac. What yeah, is wrong no, with you her? get a kind response. And they from react. Me. Yeah. yeah. But then you what do you say to yourself? Like, I was like, I'm such a loser. I can't believe I would ruin my kids' Christmas. We actually just repeated Christmas on Boxing Day and nobody mm. cared. And even mm. now we said, Do you remember the time I yeah. ruined Christmas? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like and so missing part of the documentary and to me the missing part of the conversation well it's not missing but it's not focused on enough is that there are things that you can do really simple lifestyle things that you can do that will improve your health outcomes and I think one of the things that came from the documentary is it made women who couldn't or aren't or won't whatever do HRT think my god is that me Mm. then am I all am I going to die of all of these diseases that HRT protects me from and the thing is, though, one, I don't think it really truly talked about what the actual risks are. I mean, if you think about it, you can be a drink, a smoker and be overweight and never get mm. sick. I mean, it, you, it's not a guarantee that you don't take it, that you are going to get sick. I think somebody needs to come out and say, these are the, the absolute risks that we know them. It might be minuscule. Well, Par- I think there's only a very, very slightly elevated risk of breast cancer uh, as opposed to our normal mm. risk of breast cancer. Yes, like, but, but my point is, like, if you if we know cardiovascular disease is the, one of the biggest killers of women, and we're told that hormone replacement therapy is going to protect us from it, mm. that's great, right? Mm. It's got, it's going to be an added layer. How much is that protection? That's mm. what I want to know. That's what mm. I'm trying to say. But what we also know on the flip side of that is, if you are a good weight, a healthy weight, if you exercise regularly, if you move enough, if you manage your your stress and you manage your sleep, they're all active ways you can improve all of your health markers. If you have got all of those things in place, you are not at risk for cardiovascular disease. And that's my point. Mm. We need to be pushing those things that you can change every day. What if you just go on hormone replacement therapy, but you continue to drink and smoke and do all of those things? Mm. My point is we have to look at everything as one, everything together mm. as part of the conversation. And so that's what I try and do, just open up the doors to women who've never exercised and say, this is a chance for you to sort of like do something actively to promote good health, right? It's one of the few things that you can yeah. do that's free, simple. It just takes a bit of effort, right? And sometimes that's hard. Yeah, well, um, what I was going to say, I was desperate to butt in there, Amanda, because I know through bitter experience, listen, I used to be a ballet dancer. I was a ballet dancer. I've danced. I was Borax Swan Lake. And, and then I did, I had a personal trainer when I was on the telly because I had the money and I wanted to look fabulous. And then it all went away with the babies and I became really quite slovenly and lazy. And I've picked it up again recently, but I'm not naturally athletic and I don't, I don't wake up going, yeah, I can't wait to run today. So for women like me or for women who don't exercise at all and they know they've got to, but they really don't want to, but they know they've got to, but they really don't want to, what can we do? That's the very least, basically saying, what's the very least amount we can do that will make a difference? It's a really good question. (laughs) But there's a couple of things there. It's like, do you, I I think the majority of 
people, not just women, do not wake up and go, yeah, let's seize the day. Let's like, let's get our work out in. We, honestly, we wouldn't be friends just, with them. If, yeah. <laughs> we would have nothing yeah. to do with these I people. Can't be, <laughs> I can't be friends with those people. They're just don't really annoying. Don't, don't, don't be whizzing up broccoli smoothies at 8am, please. Thank you. I'm always like, you can't green smoothie you out of menopause. I don't care what they tell you, right? It's, yeah, they're nice sometimes. And yeah, they can be really great to get some vitamins and nutrients in you, but whatever. So like, so like, yes, and I might be a little bit annoying in that respect because I probably do have more get up and go because here's the thing, like motivation isn't something that's like intrinsically linked to your self-worth. And I'm, what I mean by that is that people will say, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to work out. And then when they don't, they think they're a failure. You know, that's what I mean. Like people put too much pressure on themselves to perform and then, and then they judge mm-hmm. themselves afterwards. What, what motivation is, is um, born from habit. Motivation is something that you get when you repeat something and then you start to see the benefits and those benefits then build into curiosity that make you wonder what else you could do. And so how that might look. And so I'm like the queen of what's the minimum effective dose we can do to get the maximum yep. results. I'm always yep. about that. We're all so busy. And so like for, for someone who's never exercised before, I'm like commit to three times a week, 10 minutes. It doesn't, I don't care what you do, but just like buddy up with a friend, like you and Lou, like get together and just mm-hmm. go, okay, we're going to do 10 minutes of like body weight squats and some push-ups against the kitchen counter. I don't care what it looks like, mm-hmm. but let's see if we can do that three times a week. And maybe if you do that for, you know, a month, you might be like, oh, this is just easy now. What else can we do that's actually going to make me feel a bit challenged? And so you just have to start. And, and I think that when you look online and you see all of these exercise things, it can get deadly confusing. It's like, I don't get what the best thing for me to do is. Well, that's all contained in your mm. book, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've got your backs covered there because, I mean, so for menopausal women, if you're, if you're not strength training, that's the one thing I want you to start mm. doing because right. with aging and accelerated somewhat through menopause is something called sarcopenia. And sarcopenia is when we lose muscle mass. And even people who aren't muscular have got muscle. Like people are like, I don't have any muscle anyway. And it's, it's all fat. And I'm like, well, underneath mm-hmm. that fat, there is some muscle. I can mm. guarantee that. But everybody has muscle. And so that starts to decline by being sedentary and with aging and somewhat through menopause. And so we have to actively try and maintain any muscle we have and continue to build it because it's muscle that will help you get up from the floor when you fall. And in emergency rooms, the biggest reason that old people go in is because mm-hmm. they fall down and can't get back up again. Mm. You know, they break bones easily. One in Hips. two women will yeah, break bones. Yeah, in my family. Well, hip, in hip fractures in the US, there's a statistic that's actually scary. It's like 40,000 women a year will die as a complication of a hip fracture. And they're usually older ladies, like over mm. 60, which is more than all women that will lose their life to breast cancer. It's a it's a bigger wow. killer. That is bonkers. Wow. It's nuts, right? And, um, and we know that strength training is one of the things you can do to offset osteoporosis Mm -hmm. because when you strength train what happens is the muscle pulls away from the bone it sort of creates a stimulus and that stimulus helps the bone growth happen and women have reversed osteoporosis now I know there's a lot of women saying oh but I don't want to strength train I'll just do my Zumba and I'll just do you know my online jaw wicks or whatever and I'm I think that they've got a place and I think they're a really great addition to anyone's life i'd never say to a woman don't do Mm. that it's not the right way to exercise Mm -hmm. but what i would say is that they're going to adapt to that quite quickly you're going to be doing that for a month or two and go this is all Mm -hmm. of a sudden this is easy now and you're going to stop getting the benefits that you would get if you were doing a strength training session so i do have a a 12-week program in my book and i think that you can start at any level in with that irregular bitches Time now for some warm words of wisdom from our irregular bitches poet. We're very proud of her. She is Donna Ashworth and this is You Must Believe. I hope you've not forgotten how magical life can be. It's understandable if you have. Your soul is depleted, weary and worn. But remember, life is capable of so many twists and turns and nothing, nothing is permanent. As fast as you can feel at your very end, life can throw you a rope and pull you to the highest of heights. It's a roller coaster. An up and down, in and out, over and under ride. 
This chapter in your story is almost through and if you can just cast your mind back to the magic, your silver lining will find you pretty soon. And I think it's going to be the most magical time for you. You've come so far and taken so much. I hope you've not forgotten how magical life can be, my friend. You must believe. You must believe. Sarah, this one really resonated with me. They all do, but this one particularly did. I've had um, episodes of chronic depression in my life, situational but horrendous. And the scariest part of that is the sense that it's never going to end and you're always going to feel like that. And one of the things I learned with the therapist I was working with is that life does change. It does get better. And that's exactly what Donna's saying here. So goosebumps on top of goosebumps. Thank you, Donna. Oh, that's so lovely. I want to give you a cuddle. <laughs> Irregular. Bitches. I've been running, Amanda, and I, and I quite enjoy it. My knees are a bit creaky, but I think I need to do a little bit of strength now. However, I also want to ask both of you about another idea I had, because we've all been separated for the last 18 months from each other, and we can come back together. But ultimately, a lot of friendships are between people over Zoom, like we're all chat, you know, we're, we're all mates, I like to think. Um, I thought we could start an Irregular Bitches Running Club, like via the, so that the hashtag would be Irregular Bitches Run Club or something like that. And that, and sort of have um, other podcast listeners and us be accountable for each other, because I think having an accountability buddy is key, really, with exercise. And it galvanises you and you can raise each other up, so... That was my idea, Lou. That's awesome. You think so? Because Louise needs to start exercising. That was Louise part of... is never going to run, but I am more than happy. What about a brisk walk? A brisk walk I can manage. But see, I'm all over strength training. I, to, oh, do you to do me, strength training? I do my bands. And to be honest, the thing that is going to get me back in the gym is, is weights. I enjoy lifting oh, weights. I didn't know this about you. So I am more likely to start that up again, probably on the back of this conversation. I'm, a, I'm, I'm awesome. now even more... Amanda, I'm a bit scared of Lou. And now I'm even more scared of her. You should be. <laughs> she's, she's the one you want on your team for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, there we go. Sure. You know what I call running? So I, I think that, you know, running's not for everyone. It can be very impactful on people's joints and women's mm. joints can start, start to struggle through perimenopause. And strength training, I'm going a bit exercise sciencey here but strength mm. training is known to be anabolic and anabolic means it builds it mm. builds up and estrogen is actually an anabolic type hormone so it aids with muscle processing and, and build up that's why you know when we see muscle mass declining through menopause so strength training is essential for that but running and endurance type sports as a catabolic in nature meaning they break your body down a little bit more than other exercise so it's harder to recover and so mm. while I'm saying do strength training what I would say about the the running and the endurance things is if you're an endurance runner and you're doing it and then you're knackered for like three or four days afterwards which is actually what's happening to women in perimenopause I would say two things first of all it seems to sort itself out post-menopause like for me, I couldn't run in perimenopause and I'm now running lots oh, okay. again. So that sort of equilibrium has come back. And t and two is the second thing is if you really want to run and doing your 10 or 20 K is too much, why don't you just do sprints? Why don't you do hill runs? Because they are sort of anabolic in nature. Yeah. You, mm. you recover yeah. better, but they're also good for running. Ah, well, I, you know, I just run because it's like... I get. I try and get up really early. Um, we had another guest, Katie Hill. I don't know. You probably weren't around. She was a Blue Peter presenter. I Amanda. remember you, her. You yeah, remember yeah, Katie? Yeah. So she yeah. was on one of the podcasts, and um, and she has these limitless mornings. Which, if you can get yourself out of bed, going five, four, three, two, one, up and out. And if I don't exercise in the morning, I won't exercise. So that half hour of real peace, listening to the birds or listening to a podcast. Um, and, and I'm lucky I live by the sea so I can go and run along the beach as well. It's just me time. It really is. I think that's where it benefits you mental health wise. Yeah. And even though you're, I'm knackered, you know, I've been for a run and my feet are hurting, actually mental health wise, it's phenomenal. Well, it's what's on the other side of exercise, isn't it? Because I said to Katie, Katie's coaching me, Amanda. 
She's a life coach now. She's going to be perfect at the Honestly, end of it. Honestly, <laughs> how to build a 50-year-old, this is it. She's building this perfect 50-year-old. And uh, and she, I said to her, I, like, I, don't, I hate exercising, but I like the way it makes me feel on the other side. She said, let that be your goal. Yeah, always. And that's what curiosity is. And you were saying about motivation. The motivation to keep going is what it does to you on the other side, how it makes you feel. Like for me, I go running to get away from the husband and kids for yeah. sure, right? <laughs> me like, too, me too. <laughs> okay, there we go. Lou walks the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I think that women can, it doesn't matter what you do. Like I think going outside with nature is like a big bonus for everyone, whether that's a walk or a run or a one, which is a walk and a run together. I go running sometimes. <laughs> I love running. That's what, John, that's what Jonathan Wasp does. Running. He goes Jonathan running. Jonathan goes running. <laughs> um, and and just know that it, like the like for example if if you can't run if you have joint issues feet pain or whatever walking is one of the most researched exercises on the planet like there are so many benefits to it and it's free and it's easy and anyone can do it if you want to be a runner and it's not accessible go for a walk if you want to be a runner and you feel good go for a run I'm all about like seize the day do what feels good right mm-hmm. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, I mean, essentially the book is a fabulous uh, curated selection of hormonal survival hacks, really, isn't it, Amanda? And so, and you concentrate on each one. So, can you talk us through them all briefly? I think we've covered exercise, and I think even though so lots of people are very exercise averse, I think we all know that we've got to ramp it up in perimenopause and menopause. And I'll just ramp it up for your mental health. I think everyone knows that. But there's lots of other genius menopause hacks in there. So I essentially break the part two into four hacks and I sort of give within those hacks all of these different things you can try and I encourage women to sort of build a toolkit of what works for them because you've talked about it before like everyone's so individual we can't compare journeys even though it's a shared experience right what works for me might not work for you or Lou right like it really just depends we have exercise and the exercise I really try and promote is strength training with daily movement and the daily movement is the non-exercise type stuff like just moving around more is sitting is literally killing us right so we need to get up and move around more the next bit is nutrition and the nutrition part is dead dead simple and I made it simple because it's the simple that works nutritional science isn't like gimmicky there is you know, a science behind it. And we do know what helps with weight loss. But then there's so many confusing messages out there that it's just, it's awful. Women don't know which way to turn. And I believe in uh, nourishing the body forever, right? So I'm not, there's nothing in my book that's like a quick fix. I hate this. They're all red flags, right? Nothing in there that claims to balance your hormones because what that's not even a thing, right? Like it's just, there's so much misinformation out there that I try and just bring some sanity back to nutrition. And I'm just literally promoting healthy habits around eating, like how we view eating and things you can do to understand when the body feels nourished and also sane, balanced nutrition. Like, have we forgotten what a balanced diet is? I think so. It drives me nuts. Well, we really have. I think we have. We have through lockdown, that's for sure. Yeah. Although that said, apparently a lot of people, because they had the, I was listening to something the other day, um, people have been eating less processed food. 
because they've been able to prepare oh, it from scratch. Yeah. So they're not rushing, okay. not doing the nine to five and getting in and then taking, you know, Hermione to ballet lessons and then coming back and, you know. That makes yeah, sense. So that in that respect, we're a bit better. I got to say, like, uh, actually learning to cook as a skill, I think is something that's missing. You used to do it at school, right? And I don't mm. think the kids mm. do it anymore. Like, and I think that having cooking skills is part of the conversation too, but we, I digress. And so then the next two hacks that I talk about is how to de-stress, because I've said we know that estrogen and cortisol are intrinsically linked. Mm-hmm. And I talk about how the stress response happens in the body, what cortisol actually is, because it gets a bad name, but cortisol is actually a really good hormone in the body. It helps regulate our stress. It's just when we have it too long, too often, it's called chronic stress, that it's problematic. They usually, it's usually able to be resolved from lifestyle factors. So I encourage women to sort of like look at ways to actively improve their mental fitness and sleep because when you don't sleep, everything else goes to shit. Mm -hmm. Like sleep, sleep is super important. And then the last hack is how to think. And I, I really like this one. I worked with a psychologist and it was really, I suppose, about reframing what aging is, what menopause is, and how we can sort of claim this time and claim our space Mm -hmm. instead of feeling invisible and irrelevant, right? Definitely. Amanda, can I ask you, right, obviously this is a podcast, I hope this isn't lost on our listeners. Lou and I were just saying before we start recording, Amanda looks amazing. (laughs) She looks about 30. I'm not even joking, and I'm certainly not blowing smoke up your ass. Have a look at her Instagram account. speaking the truth. (laughs) Um... Do you, I mean, obviously you, you, you know about nutrition, you're a personal trainer, so you exercise. Uh, do you, do you ever have a drink? Do you not drink or, you know, like what, what's the secret what's to vice? the glow? I want the glow. Tell us your vice. I just have, I have no vices apart from sleeping around with gorgeous men. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a vice, that's a benefit. No, yeah, that's not a vice in my bikini. Oh no, although our husbands might think it's a vice. <laughs> yeah, I don't think my husband's too keen on it. No, no, so first of all, I cannot dispute that doing this for as long as I've done it doesn't count for anything. Yeah. Consistency is one of the biggest benefits, right? So so my my body is well adapted to like exercising like and and if I have a few weeks off I mm-hmm. get back into it quite quickly just because I've been doing it for so long but when it comes to like how I approach right life I have a quite a relaxed attitude towards it because I want to be able to be doing what I'm doing now in 20 or 30 mm-hmm. years time so essentially I eat well most of the time so for every meal I always try and find some protein I'm like have I got any protein in my breakfast lunch and dinner can I just ask it's very I've just been discovering on this menopause journey protein is key for perimenopause isn't it I didn't even realize because I don't have a lot of protein in I tend to graze but I don't and so actually you know I'll happily eat some more cheese I'm kidding. I'll go for the eggs. And actually both cheese and egg um, um, uh, ratio is more fat than protein, but I don't want to burst your bubble. Oh, <laughs> but God, chicken. It's just chicken, isn't it? That's it. Chicken, <laughs> it chicken for breakfast, lunch and dinner. You know, a lot of women don't like protein because it requires them to chew their food and I'm the same. And so for me, Ooh. it would look like maybe I have porridge on the morning and I add some unflavored protein powder to it to to give me 25 grams of protein Mm. I have Mm. like tuna salad at lunchtime and I'll have like chicken or salmon with veggies and potatoes for tea like nothing I do is like mind-blowing but I understand when I need to stop eating because I know how to recognize satisfaction from eating I know when to eat I don't always eat just because I, it's, I'm expected it's to eat when, yeah. right. I eat when I'm, I eat when I'm hungry, which tends to be every three or four hours. If I wanted to lose weight, I would eat in a calorie deficit because that's the only mm-hmm. way you're going to lose weight. Eat less, and, move um, more. Um, but yeah, I would say rather than eat less, it's um, consume less calories, but that doesn't mean less food. Because uh, when people think I've got to lose weight, I've got to eat less, they get hungry. And I'm like, if I'm going to eat 1,800 calories a day to lose weight, what's the most amount of food I can eat within those 80? So I try and eat like as much food as I can within that spectrum. And you can if you make different choices. And protein, protein keeps you full, right? Exactly. So you know that what really helps, does? stops the snacking in between. I've had it suggested to me, like I, do, I actually quite like the 16A because it's quite easy to do and I I, I happily won't have breakfast. Although, although I do a bit of a dirty fast, so I will have a mid 
dash of milk in my tea, which I know is like a, a technically like a, called a dirty fast. I prefer a dirty, obviously I prefer the dirty <laughs> fast. Um, and But then apparently are protein shakes all right, Amanda? Or are they just full of nasty things? Or are they okay? Yeah, just, I, like, I don't feel like any food should be off limits, but mm. I think you should steer yourself towards making better choices. So like Lou said, if you can consume enough protein, whether that's from whole foods or supplementing with protein shakes, if you make your own protein shakes, there's nothing wrong with that but it actually what what will happen is you will fill up quicker you will stabilize your blood sugars you're less likely to snack like so protein also aids with muscle protein synthesis which without going too far down that path means that while you're trying to build and maintain that muscle from strength training you actually actively need to eat protein to make that happen there's no point strength training if you're not supporting it with the stuff that actually helps muscle build right so find your protein however you can and you tend not to be able to overeat when you eat enough protein and then for the other stuff the for the like the carbohydrates and the fat they usually just fall into line I don't focus on those too much because by the time I've eaten all my veggies and some grains with it and some fruit I'm full but if I want to have a galaxy or if I want to have a cream cake I make space for that I tend to plan because then you can enjoy it. That that's mindful eating, isn't it? Presumably, so that you can oh, and it really so enjoy good. it. Oh. Yeah, if you, rather than you know shoving them, it's shoving mini eggs in your mouth. You know, because they they just happen to be there. That mi- enough of the mini eggs. Eating. She doesn't like. <laughs> and going. then feeling guilty about it. I have no oh, problem yeah. with people eating yeah. mini eggs as long as you don't feel terrible about it afterwards Mm. do it with purpose and then go and you know I'm going to do this and then you know my next meal will be this this and this like it's just that if you take the stress and the rules and the pressure away people tend to find a good homeostasis with their like eating and I just think there's so many like I mean if you want to fast that's fine but it's not magical it basically means you have less time to eat and it's hard to overeat in a, in a smaller mm. window. Um, and it may help with some inflammation. There's some like basic studies about it. But for menopausal women, fasting can increase cortisol and make mm. it worse. So it's not an... It's Finding not the a, balance. I'll, ch- I'll, I'll try exactly. it and I'll see how I get on. And then, yeah, might, might be... I, I'm honestly just trying to give women some real sane information and not be confusing because there's so much confusing information out there. Oh, there really is. I mean... I know that, say somebody was binge listening to Irregular Bitches, Lou, can you imagine? Which hopefully they are. Hopefully they are. And they, you know, they really have to make, they've decided they're going to make some changes, but they need to overhaul everything. And that's really daunting. If there was one thing to start with, what would your advice be? Yeah, well, first of all, don't. Don't overhaul everything Mm. because that's setting yourself up for failure. So literally the premise of my book, and it's how I've coached for 30 years, is that you have to make small changes constantly, repeated, repeated, repeated until it becomes second nature. When you do small habitual changes, you have lifelong results. If you overhaul everything in one go, you'll last for two or three weeks and then just fall shit on your face. It's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. And so I would say to someone, look at your life and just see where your biggest impact could be made and and look and see where the smallest changes could happen that you know you can stick to because you're likely to stick to something if you enjoy it. So if it's that you're not moving enough, say to yourself, what's something I can commit to three times a week that I know I'm going to stick to? All right, it's like it's running. I've decided I'm going to join the Irregular Bitches Running Club and I'm going to commit to running every Sunday, but then also on a Wednesday on my own. Mm. Right. And if that's something you can do, then do it, but commit to doing it. And changes Mm. can be hard, right? Change isn't easy and neither should it be because it's sort of what makes us grow. But one or two, one or two changes is much easier than saying I've got to change the whole lot because I've got to lose two dress sizes by three weeks. But to make a couple of changes and saying, okay, it's going to take me longer, but I'm going to stick at it is much easier. Four months, isn't it, for a habit to take hold and become... Is it about that? Or it's about that, yeah, but it really depends on if you actually consistently do it and life happens and, you know, we fall off, you know, we mm. fall off our patterns. Mm. I actually recommend that people go pen and paper and tick a box. Like I'm a tick a box type I person. I love ticking boxes. And, yes. so, and give yourself stickers if you need to. And so I would say two or three habits at once, no more than Irregular that. Irregular bitches stickers. Sorry, Amanda. Irregular bitches. Oh. happening. It's stick happening. a chart. Stick a yes. chart. It's you happening. Know, guess what else we're having, Amanda? We're going to have irregular oh, bitches yeah. fans that have stay cool bitches written on them. <laughs> 
It's exactly what you need. And so if I was to give you three that I would yes, say please. is one, move every day. And you commit to what that movement is. Is it walking seven, eight, nine, ten thousand steps, whatever? Is it getting off a stop earlier going to work so that you have a mm-hmm. little bit more, you know, pick something that you, where you move every day. For my husband, I make him set an alarm every hour and he gets up and he walks to the kitchen, walks around the garden and goes back in his office because he's mm. working from home. Mm, yeah. It just means he's not sat on his arse all day, right? So move every day. Take something from your um, diet and look at what you can add that's beneficial. Don't take away. So add protein, add fiber, Mm. add more vegetables, stop with the restrictive mindset, and then find something that puts yourself first. And so I'm doing that with my middle finger. No one can see, but I'm counting to three. And and that might be just rethinking or rewiring how you plan the day. Like I'm going to have my coffee. I'm going to get up 30 minutes early and do my workout so that I set myself up for the day, then everybody else feels good. I've started getting up 30 minutes and going for a walk around the neighborhood just so that I just feel like I'm not rushed and panicked mm. every day, right? It can be anything, but do it and do it consistently and stick stick with it. Love it. It's funny, actually, because... I mean, I feel the reason Lou and I started Irregular Bitches was so that we could, you know, plunder all of you fabulous people and experts mm. and women Share your know. wealth of knowledge, yeah. And, yeah, and, and, and it's changed my life. So I'm just mm. really hoping that it's changing everybody's lives who are listening as well. And that's, you know, that's down to you guys for writing the books, giving us the Instagram Say it again, say it again, advice. Sarah. Because you've been practicing it. Menopocalypse. Well done. A menopocalypse by a band of thieves. Well done. I mean, the thing is about (laughs) podcasts like this is that there's more than one way to skin a cat. Mm. I can tell you what worked for me. I can tell you what the research shows. And I can tell you what the experts are saying. But it's up to you to make the choice. And I think podcasts like this, what they do is they give you the information so that you can make an informed choice. Mm, And you can find what works for you. And so Lou strength trains and Sarah runs. Neither of you are wrong. And we both drink gin. Oh, you asked me about drinking. I haven't had a gin and tonic in years because honestly, menopause has killed my alcohol tolerance. Well, well, funny you should say that. that. Yeah, Yeah, there is that. I mean, I had, uh, I I can't lie. I had a bit to drink last night, got a bit overexcited. Uh, My husband said, but I didn't, I tend to, I talk so much that I I can't, drink the volume I used to anyway because I'm just a gobshite um but uh yeah I it takes a couple of days I feel dirty mm, Amanda. dirty inside Do you know what I mean yeah. I feel dirty like inside. coated mm. yeah it yeah. feels like poison mm. doesn't it like yeah. you're drinking it and then afterwards you're like I feel it and it literally is a toxin oh, yeah you know. I had something a bit shocking happen on Friday because I just went to um out and sit with some neighbors in their garden and I had one glass of wine and I, I don't drink Amanda I will you know count on one hand how many times I'll have a drink I had one glass of nice wine and I came home after it because I felt so rubbish and I said to Duncan I feel ill after this do you remember uh, when you drank and you used to get that like squiffy feeling yeah. and you're like oh I'm on my I way like I'm on it. my way I can't wait now I'm like don't when like I get it. like that I freak out yeah, yeah. I used yeah. to have half a bottle of scotch before I left the house I mean <laughs> <laughs> and then six pies um, of Cronenberg look at me I now I don't think I by and large I think if you did like a straw poll of perimenopausal menopausal women most of them and I'm obviously there's no scientific evidence to back this up but most of them would say wine has stopped agreeing with me oh there is some research to back it up so you're right oh yes yes. oh do tell well what we know is that the way we metabolize alcohol as soon as you drink alcohol the body tries to process it first it's an alcohol sugar. It doesn't get treated the same as a carbohydrate. And your body tries to metabolize that. And that's impacted with the decline in estrogen. And so what happens is women will maybe like have a drink before bed, feel a bit odd, or maybe feel a bit sleepy and then wake up at four and five in the morning when the body's trying to process that through its system. And so we know that our tolerance changes. I don't know if it stays like that. I definitely think it's worse through perimenopause. I haven't really been able to drink, so I don't know what it's like in postmenopause. Amanda, because we're all at different stages of it and you're out the other side. Oh, no, are you out the other side? I am two years. Two years. 48. I was 48 when I was menopausal. Does it get better? But that's what the question was. Is there a peak of shitness? So there's a yeah. peak of shitness and then you slide down the other side of the hill. I feel and that's like, a good thing. I feel mm. like that. And so what I would say is that 
it seems from the research and also just anecdotally speaking in my like community that, you know, perimenopause is the worst of it. It's when our hormones are fluctuating wildly and so our symptoms are non-predictable. And then when you're postmenopausal and you're through the other side, things start to calm down somewhat. Some women will still have symptoms. I mean, I've just started getting night sweats. I've never had them before and I'm two years postmenopausal. The, I've, I understand that your ovaries might still try and crank some some eggs out that you know, and so that therefore they, even though you're out the other side, there may be a period of time when things are still not completely stable. Some women continue to have hot flashes in their 70s and 80s. Some women still have sleep disturbances, vaginal atrophy, all of those things. But it doesn't seem to be as wildly traumatic or as unpredictable. Okay, and I do know that. For me personally, I, I've got this like sense of calm that's come over me that's a little bit different to the the rage that I felt through. You are very zen. Yeah. yeah. You have good energy. I could talk to you all, like I could literally just sit here and put my feet up and listen to you. But zen is fuck though, because I also literally <laughs> cannot stand the BS that's out there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's where the we have no fucks left to give comes in, isn't it? And we don't. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on and talking about menopocalypse. And yeah, if if you're struggling, geezers, I need to say geezers, geezers? Are they geezers? I don't think geezers. so. If you're struggling, ladies, then lads, lads yeah, then go and get menopocalypse. <laughs> Remember when we used to say a ladette? I was, I was um, yeah, one. Yeah, Sarah was one. All <laughs> oh, right. She the girly show. She was officially a, lad, a ladette. the girly show with Coxie, <laughs> me and Sarah. We wrote the manual. Um, we've got to bugger off now, but huge thanks to today's guest, Amanda Thebe, for writing us all a survival manual. Uh, you can get menopocalypse in all good bookshops, both online and in an actual shop now as well. Amazing. Um, um, thanks also go to our Prod Squad Factory Originals Productions and also to Choposaurus for our catchy theme tune. If you've loved this episode, please like, subscribe, leave a five-star review and spread the good yes, word of irregular bitches so that we can carry on making sure that no irregular bitch gets left behind. And finally, to my <laughs> girl, the irregular, to my bitch, Lou Mitchell, who always gets the last word. Stay cool, bitches. Irregular. Bitches. Okay, Sarah, I don't know about you, but I don't feel great about the fact that I've been using products that have been treated with bleach up my vagina. No, thank you. We're very excited about being able to partner up with Yopi, a period care company who don't expect us to compromise on our values. So that means all their tampons, pads, liners and PMS supplements are made with high quality, environmentally friendly ingredients and materials. So this makes them, wait for it, we've got a list, plastic free, cruelty free and vegan. Go Yoppy! <laughs> All you have to do is answer a simple quiz and Yoppy will formulate the perfect package of period care and PMS supplements because let's face it, Lou, one size does not fit all. It certainly doesn't. And you know what? You can earn rewards if you refer your friends. Thank you, Yoppy. They are just the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> so please head over to yoppy.com slash irregular bitches. That's Y-O-P-P-I-E dot com slash irregular bitches to get 50% off your first two orders when you sign up for a subscription to any product. And shipping is free. Bargain. Irregular. Bitches. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.